Hi, I'm Mac. Hi, I'm Abigail. And this is Unsubs. This is the podcast where we recap, rate, and review all 324 episodes of Criminal Minds. And today on the show, we have a little bit of a treat for you guys. Um, and by treat, we don't mean a disorganized killer, as we did <laughs> previously. A, by a treat, we mean we have our first ever guest. So, Jen, do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, sure. Hello, everyone. Um You may or may not know who I am if you're on Instagram. Um, I am wheelsup.cm. You can go ahead and and follow me. I'm (laughs) not above shameless plugs. Um, And yeah, I'm really excited to be here today. So thank you very much for having me. Yes. And thank you so much for being our first guest. We figured that 324 episodes of just Abby and I, like, who who really wants to listen to just us for that long? I mean, I think we're pretty funny. Yeah, but, you know. But variety is the spice of life. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I wanted to do something a little different this episode, so I didn't write the recap. Wait, Abigail. In my head, I was like, we're doing a little bit of like a record scratch, like, like reverse, reverse. <laughs> like, wait, wait, what is it in like the, um, was it, what is it? Not the ch- uh, cha-cha slide, like reverse, reverse. I have a fun fact about the cha-cha slide that you guys are not going to believe. Oh, I now have one too. Okay, go on and then I can do it. Okay, wait, but first we have to explain what this is all about. So (laughs) Abigail is in charge. This is Abigail. I I think that every time we have a guest, Abigail should be in charge. So Abigail wrote the recap. I just like watched casually and it felt wrong. I was sitting there like, shouldn't I be like taking more notes? Uh, I took some notes, uh, but Abigail wrote the recap. And then Jen actually did a little bit of a deep dive for us. So that's really awesome. Um, And before we get started, we wanted to share fun facts of the day. So my fun fact about the cha-cha slide is that when I was in fourth grade, our school had like a school circus and I did, okay, by school circus, I mean like, you know, like juggling, dancing, and the kids that like really were talented, we were on stilts and I had to do the cha-cha slide on stilts. Oh my God. Oh my God. I forgot. I forgot that I had to do it. And I know every word of that song. We have like a little dance. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Oh How old are you, are you when you're in fourth grade? Was I like, gosh, 10 Younger on stilts and not like, not like, like, like baby stilts, like actual stilts. Unbelievable. Yeah. So basically I'm an expert stilter, just in case you needed to know. That's so much fun. See, my, 
my my cha-cha slide fun fact is like so i was homeschooled because good god um and um but because of that i went to like seven different proms because like (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i say that without context and everyone's like oh so you were hot in high school and i'm like debatable but the the truth for that is (laughs) <laughs> the, the truth for that is that like you were able to go to prom like once you got in high school like you you didn't have to be a senior to do it um for me and so because I was a part of so many different like organizations they'd be like we're doing a prom and we're doing a prom so there were some years where I went to three proms like one spring it was so much fun um but because of that the music selections were wild because some of these were like mormon proms and so, like and some of these were like really really like conservative and other ones were like woo whatever so i could guarantee though that at every single prom they would play chacha slide and then the other song that they would oh, the other song that they would always play without a doubt was cotton nine joe oh yes <laughs> And I'm just Is like, that song racist in retrospect? I'm pretty sure it is. I have no idea, but I feel like that song was racist. Okay. Um Jen. Um so unfortunately, I do not have a cha-cha slide story. Um I know, tragic, but I do know the song. Um <laughs> but my fun fact is that I was actually accidentally almost in a netflix film oh my gosh that's so cool yes so um my best friend and i took a little trip last winter to the uk and ireland and when we were in edinburgh in scotland uh they were shooting a movie the princess switch oh Oh my god yeah (laughs) the second the second one um so obviously i didn't really know about it um which is kind of embarrassing because like high school musical was my life growing up but like vanessa hudgens stars in it um and so we were just like they had like a little christmas tree farm kind of thing set up behind uh St. Giles, which is like the big church in Edinburgh. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, And it's just all area around it is just like free sidewalk walkway. So my friend and I were just walking and um, they didn't really have anything blocked off. So we were just walking right past it. And we were like, oh, Oh what is this? And um, I mean, there were like cameras around, but like nothing really exciting was going on um but when we went back later in the day when they were tearing down the scene um we went back for like uh, they have like free walking tours we were there at night and they were tearing down the scene and they were like oh yeah we uh were shooting a netflix movie with Vanessa hudgens earlier today and i was like oh my gosh we were we were almost in a netflix movie (laughs) so yeah that's my little exciting fun fact that's great i love the princess witch i still haven't seen it yeah they're fun i mean they're like you know just yeah they're they're silly they're silly they're fun um but that's so cool 
First, a disclaimer. We are not in any way associated with the television show Criminal Minds. Before we get started on the episode, let's review our rating criteria. So um, the first one, we're going to look at the criminal slash serial killers, or in this case, um, I'm guessing a little bit of both Sarah Jean and Jacob Dawes. Um, So we'll have ratings for character development and character arcs, which there's definitely a lot of that in this episode. Um, We'll look at the forensics and the context of the murders and then uh, the script writing and the background characters all for a final score out of 100. Yes. Wow. How did she do such a better job of re- of like <laughs> yes. explaining that than either of us have ever done in our oh lives? Oh my god. Yeah, okay. So this episode riding the lightning. We open on Gideon being the most precious old man in the world, smiling while classical cello music plays. It is specifically Cello Suite Number no. 1 in G Major, Prelude by Bach. This starts, and it's a very, you know, fun start. And then we suddenly cut to a car, and JJ is there, and she's like, Sarah Jean Mason killed, what, 12 girls? And Gideon is like, nah, dude, 13, and they're counting the one they just found. The BAU is driving to Central Florida to visit this serial killer couple who are both on death row for having brutally murdered 13 girls. All of them were teenagers. All of them had blonde hair. Garcia is with them for some reason, and she is very displeased about this because she also has blonde hair. So we find out that the media calls uh, Sarah Jean the Ice Queen because she was super stoic while on trial and did not show like any remorse. So she allegedly helped killing in uh, 12 teenage girls and her two-year-old son, Riley. But she only confessed to killing her son, and to that, JJ is like, well, she hasn't cooperated with any requests to interview her. And to that, Morgan says, well, if she doesn't talk now, she's going to get that, uh, get that, she's, oh my god, if she doesn't talk now, she's going to take that story to old Sparky, to which I say, wow. Yeah. So then we see Sarah Jean being escorted to the cell she's going to be in for the next uh, two days. And the warden tells her that her last meal cannot exceed $20. And I wonder if the economy has caused this price to go up or down over the past 10 years for inmates on death row. Ooh, ooh, hold on. Uh, Last meal of death. Oh, gosh, I can type. That's a good question. Uh, Florida, I guess it could cost up to $40. Okay, that you could, you could get away with some Cheesecake Factory then. Yeah. I, I like Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> um, okay, so then uh, Sarah Jean asks if she can see the full moon the next day because there's going to be a full moon. And Meanie Warden says that that's against the regulation. And then these are the notes I wrote, bitch. Sarah Jean has a long neck. That was... <laughs> I'm sorry. She's a great actress. Also, those hair extensions, girl. Oh, my God. And the bad dye job. Like, are we just... Are we supposed to assume that she's been able to regularly dye her hair in prison? If I was on death row, I'd look hot. <laughs> 
Okay, so next we see the BAU roll up to the prison, and there's, like, a bunch of women acting their little hearts out as they are protesting outside of the prison. A lot of them have signs that say, like, Rotten Hell, Sarah Jean. And I'm like, what about... What about her boyfriend? What about her husband? But, like, okay. Um, and apparently they call themselves the women of Jacob because they try to dress up like his victims while they protest. Um, we can't actually hear what it is they're saying specifically, but they're probably, like, really psyched that they're both Jacob and Sarah Jean are about to die. And we see that Garcia has set up a clock to count down the hours until their execution. And so it is now Monday at 8 a.m. And they have 35 35 hours remaining till Sarah Jean gets zapped. And I wrote, this feels insensitive, but I'm trying to keep it lighthearted. Oh, girl. So Hutch explains that in 1985, there was a string of girls missing reported in northern Florida. Someone called and and reported that they saw Jacob Dawes with these girls, but we don't know who it was that called in. So they interviewed Dawes, Sarah Jean, and Riley was there. Um, Then they left and came back three hours later with a search warrant and found that Riley had vanished. And then they also found the disembodied remains of 12 girls buried under Dawes' workshop. So they speculate that they think Jacob figured that Riley would slow him down, so he ordered Sarah Jean to kill Riley and hide and dispose of the body. Sarah Jean admits to killing Riley, but she has never spoken about her involvement with the 12, now 13 other girls, causing her to appear complicit in this. Oh, that little pi- the picture they show a little Riley is so freaking cute. His little bowl cut. Oh my god. I know, I know baby. Yeah. Jen, do you want to jump in with these yes. little b- baby profiles right here? Yeah, sure. So for uh the Jacob Dawes profile, the team uh figures out that he when while he was in prison, he was diagnosed as a sexual psychopath, um, which he makes sure to correct Hotch, um, when Hotch just says, oh, you were a diagnosed psychopath, he goes, like, oh, no, I'm a sexual psychopath, which is gross. Um, and so he, along with his psychopathy, he's also obsessed with the idea of total possession of his victims. Um, and he also is not able to show any guilt or remorse. Um, and a lot of this uh, is based around the fact that he was abused as a child by his mother. And then for Sarah Jean, um, I think there's a lot less that they know about her. Um, she has the demeanor of a war victim, not a psychopath at all. And more or less, she's seen as a possession of Jacob. And I think that's what intrigues Mandy Patankton so much about her. Like, he's just obsessed with her this entire episode, which I love. I love that. I love their little, their bond. Uh, so we see uh, we see her cell and we see that Sarah Jean is an extremely accomplished painter. Is she, though? She's painted three different paintings and that's it. That's all she's done. She's painted three different paintings. Where are the other paintings if she's so accomplished? Maybe, maybe they're gone. Maybe she was giving them out. I don't know. And she draws some roses and Gideon's like, oh, man, it must have a different another meaning. Yeah, Gideon is like, oh, 13, 13 roses. And then it's like a river 
And he's like positive flowing energy. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's just a river, dude. Yeah. Gideon was like, Gideon was like, I took some art theory classes in college. <laughs> So Gideon says he's there so that uh, the mothers of the children can find out why their children had to die. It's very dramatic. But this moment is interrupted as Jacob is being moved and they see one another in the halls between the bars and he yells out uh, to her and calls her baby cakes and it's really gross and he thinks it's a beautiful thing what they've done and that they're dying. And so then she turns to Gideon without missing a beat and says, you designed this to happen. Did you learn anything? Anytime Jacob says anything, he puts his hands up like next to his mouth to like yell to her. He's like, Sarah G with his hands. It's like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> He's so dramatic. It's so, ugh. Um, so Hotch starts interviewing Jacob Dawes and Dawes wants to play poker. Um, Dawes asks Hotch if he ever smiles. And I think that's a really valid question, to be honest. Um, Dawes, (laughs) Dawes gets Hotch to pick a card. And then we cut back to Sarah Jean and she says that she saw, quote, freedom in Jacob. We we go back into a little bit of tiny bit of profiling. Uh, we've already recovered most of this, but like Jacob being an only child, which means to fulfill his fantasy, he most likely was alone while he was doing the killing, um, which is, again, why they believe Sarah Jean's innocent. And they believe that Sarah Jean was the one who called the police on Jacob. Hodge and JJ go to interview Dawes again. Dawes starts being creepy again, and uh, JJ says, my friends call me JJ. He goes, well, hello, JJ, and she goes, you're not my friend. You can call me Jennifer. We cut again back to Sarah Jean and Gideon, and uh, she says that Gideon has a lovely smile. I agree. Gideon has the warden bring all of her paintings from her cell into the interview and starts analyzing all of the possible symbolism in the paintings. Oh, yeah, he bird watches. He likes classical music. He's going to do a deep dive analysis of your crappy paintings that you spent 15 years painting these three paintings. I'm so, I'm sorry. I can't. I, I will say that the one of the kid in the field is nice. But excuse me, the river, the river is not that good looking. The flowers are OK, but I, I'm just not impressed. Gideon asks Sarah Jean why she confessed to killing her son she asks Gideon if he has any kids and if he carries any pictures of his kids Gideon asks Sarah Jean how old her son would have been etc Sarah Jean asks Gideon if the strain of his work affects his marriage which is kind of a personal question but like go off sad eyes Um, Gideon says he's not married and she's like but you were though And he asks why she's still protecting Jacob. And she's like, did you divorce because of putting people like me away again? And again, girl, this is personal, but like, I guess you're going to die soon. So, um, so Gideon says that he thinks she's innocent and she's like, it's our children who suffer for our sins, isn't it? And Gideon talks about how his son is 25 and he has a picture of him in his office 
So then Sarah Jean asks why he doesn't carry a photo of her son, of his son with him to protect him and how you have to leave them somewhere safe, somewhere clean. Um, and, and then Gideon asks if killing her son was protecting him and where he is buried. And Sarah Jean only responds by saying he is somewhere safe. And Sarah Jean tells him to leave since she literally has five hours left alive. Uh, Gideon and Goobs research the Hebrew Bible, question mark, because symbolism in her paintings. Uh, they realize that her son is not actually dead as hell and that he was probably sent somewhere else because she wanted to keep him alive and keep him safe, which means that she is innocent. So they only have two hours left, so they go ham. This is like me in the library before a final doing like the absolute most research. Um, it's very relatable. Um, and Gideon realizes that her answers are probably in her cell. Gideon begs for five minutes in her cell, and the warden continues to be a bitch. But then he is really nice and allows Sarah Jean to go outside and see the moon. And, like, not gonna lie, this is really moving. It makes me emotional. Like, she gets so happy to see the moon. Little does she know that her personal privacy is being invaded in her cell. But it's really nice. And, like, the warden office offers her a jacket, which she refuses. Because she's like, she's like, oh, it makes me feel alive. But again, it's really compassionate that he's like, oh, like, wear a jacket. It's cold. So then um, Sarah Jean asks about the warden's sons, and again, this makes me emotional, and she talks about the man and the moon, and she's like, have you told your sons about the man and the moon? I would tell Riley that no matter where we are, we would look, we, if we look up, it's the same man and the moon looking at both of us, and I was like, that's really sweet. Um, so then Gideon is doing some sneaky shit in her cell. Finds a newspaper clipping uh, that's like taped to the back of one of her paintings, and it's a clipping of a young man playing with a cello. And then Garcia is doing her internet magic, and they're able to properly ID the newspaper clipping, and it is one hundred percent her son. Oh my god! They they named him Byron. 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 Can you imagine? I can't. No, no. And then we see uh, McBaldy McBald Dawes being moved to the execution chamber, and he is, like, so enthusiastic about it. Sarah Jean, I'll be waiting for you. And they're like, do you want to make peace with God, Jacob? And he's like, I made my peace 18 times. Uh, Dawes insists on walking himself down to, like, the execution chamber. He doesn't need to be manhandled. Um, and as he walks down, and so he walks down there, and now we know for sure, I wrote for show, that he killed four more girls than we knew of before. And then Dawes is in the execution chamber, and the my god, the outfit he was wearing is so bad. It's so ugly. Oh my goodness. Girl, he's about to be murdered. Yeah, and if I was going to be executed, I would wear something better than that. Um, <laughs> um, okay, this is what I'm curious about. Why are there so many people watching? Um, probably the um, parents of the murdered girls. Ooh, I just, I don't want to watch someone die. Like, I don't know. Um, and so they're like, do you have any last words? And he's like, yeah, 
bring it on, which are his last words. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. Hodge comes in with the most ultimate power move of holding up Riley's photo against the glass window and says, Riley, you lose. And Dawes like absolutely snarls, no. And it's so good. Hotch is so hot in this moment. I know. I was he like, is okay. So hot in this moment. I know, for real. And then it's zap zap time for him. Oh my and God, Abby. And then again, the death penalty is a very complicated moral conversation. And I have many thoughts on it, but it, this scene is so dramatic and so good. And now Sarah Jean is also an egg head and bald. And Gideon tells her that Dawes is gone. And Gideon is essentially begging her to tell them where Riley is. And she says that... Uh, this has never been about Jacob, about Riley. And Sarah Jean says her gift to Riley was not was not knowing him. Yeah. Garcia IDs where Riley is, and he's apparently a cello prodigy and won a lot of fancy scholarships, so good for him. Yeah. Wait, wait, but his name is Byron, so. I totally missed that Byron. part. Wow. Byron Sheffield. Elle and Morgan zoom over to Riley's fancy house, and um, Sarah Jean is also now dressed in a horrific death outfit, um, and it's, like, bluish-black pants with, like, a white, like, button-up blouse tucked in. It's bad. And she is now also being escorted to the execution cell. And then I would be mortified if I had to wear this. It's a horrible outfit. Um, Sarah Jean explains to Gideon that she is, quote, at peace with the knowledge that my son is free to be whatever he chooses to be. Um, She doesn't want him to know who his parents are because of the damage her legacy could do to him. Uh, Gideon is extremely distressed by this, and so am I. And she says, you, Gideon, will have the chance to save Riley's life. So Elle and Morgan arrive at Riley's home in this fancy house. Morgan is like, we're from the FBI. And then Sarah Jean is like straight up begging Gideon. Like, she's like, I'm standing here because of the choices I made. Don't let Riley, my son, be Jacob's last victim. Let me go. Let us both go. Gideon tells Hotch, while not looking away from Sarah Jean, keep maintaining eye contact. Tell Morgan it's not her son. There was we made that we made a mistake. So then Morgan apologizes and says they have the wrong house and they get ready to leave. But then Mr. Sheffield says, Agent, thank you, which suggests that he probably knew what was going on. Um, so then Sarah Jean says, uh, would it be too much to ask if yours is the last face I see to Gideon? And now I'm very upset. Um, and Gideon doesn't actually answer, but he follows her down. And she is kind of smiling, like soft smiling as she's in the chair. And he is like softly smiling back at her. It's super sad. But like, also, God, like imagine the toll it takes on a person to witness this. Like, and then the ending shot is Gideon seeing Riley perform a cello solo, and it's the same, like, concert that the episode opened with, and that is the end of my recap, and I am so tired of talking. Girl, you did an amazing job. Let's hear these profiles. Yeah, I'm excited to hear from Jen. Sure. Okay, so I feel like, um, 
a fair amount of this was touched on in the recap, um, but I think that their profiles are so interesting because they're pretty much foils of each other. Um, so like Dawes, we talked about his MO is that he's a sexual psychopath. He values, you know, power, manipulation, and control. The tar- his target preference is young blonde girls in their teens. Um, I think his youngest victim was 14 years old. And I, I'm maybe grasping at strings here, but I think like this preference was likely molded around Sarah Jean because um, they met when she was right out of high school. So she would have been at his like target preference age, but she's also blonde. Um, so I think that also might be why her hair is dyed like it is. Mm, yeah. And then obviously because he's a psychopath, he's incapable of guilt or remorse. So he only saw Riley, his son, as a liability, which is why um, he tells Sergene to kill him because he would just slow them down when they're trying to make their run from the police. For me, the fact that they had had a son together, I was like, well, maybe this is the reason why Sarah Jean stayed with him because she got a child out of it. Because like, if they hadn't had the child, it seemed like she would have had enough sense to be like, this relationship is just like, not for me. And I just was like, oh, so this is the other factor to keep her locked into that. Yeah, I agree. Sarah Jean is honestly one of the most interesting characters that they've ever profiled on the show for me because she's not a serial killer. She's not a murderer. Um, but they don't know that at the time. Um, so the original profile that they give when they're talking in the car, um, you know, she's known for being the ice queen during her trial because she appeared like very remorseless. I decided that pretty much everything that she does comes down to her wanting to protect Riley. So I think even though she did possibly know uh, a little bit what was going on, I think there's a part where Reed says, like, knowing that he was taking these girls is like a far throw from knowing that he was killing them. Um, And that's pretty true. So then when Gideon like tells Sardine that she's, that he believes that she's innocent. Um, her, she still feels so guilty and driven by her vow to protect her son that she just continuously denies like being an innocent person, um, which I think is so interesting because she, even though she's probably like she's innocent in the eyes of the law, she she really isn't innocent. Like she is guilty of feeling that way. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think we should talk about the whole Gideon thing. Cause on the one hand, it's like, he is being so irresponsible and invasive and like he, and ultimately is respective of like, he does respect Sarah Jean's wishes but you get to see kind of like a discombobulated, chaotic, good side of him 
that you don't see in other episodes. Because even though I think he is like chaotic good, because he's always like, ah, and he's like kicking rats and running and like breaking into houses and stuff. Like he's amazing. Um, it's, he, he's really like just locked in on this point and won't let it go for whatever reason. I agree. What do you think about him going and seeing Riley play? I don't know. I felt felt like he did that for her, even though she probably would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I also like how much, you know, she like questions him about her. I mean, how much she questions him about his sons as well. Um, so and again, I haven't seen the rest of the show, so I don't know if that's something that gets explored more. I feel like it has to. I mean, I I definitely agree. I do think it's very in character for Gideon to have gone to listen to Riley. He obviously, this job, like, pretty much has become his personality in that he keeps, you know, like, a book of all the the people that he's saved. And, like, those are his family. And yet he does technically have a family and we never hear about them. And um, so that that was, like, a really big character development point i would say like in this episode for sure it's such a touching and moving episode that you don't expect uh let's read this episode um what do you guys think about the criminal slash serial killer so i'm gonna say for this episode we should have sarah jean as a background character even though she's not really um, and we should really like look at Jacob Dawes as the serial killer. I think he was great. Like, I thought it was really compelling, and I think the actor did a really phenomenal job. Um, and I, we've never like really explored like a couple as murderers so far. Yeah, I we definitely see so much of his personality that we don't see from other unsubs. Um, and that is very interesting. He is like a little bit funny and the way he like razzes Hotch for never smiling. And he tells a joke and Hotch doesn't laugh. And he's like, Oh, come on, Hotch. Like that was funny. And so like the personality aspect on top of uh, his MO is really intriguing for sure. It's also one of the episodes in which it's not the BAU like tracking down the unsub, so we get more screen time with him. That's so true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so we get to like already like yeah, it's not as much like discovery profiling, but like actually profiling and being like we need to know how to interact with him. Yeah, because even though we don't get them to, we don't have them say, it's a white male, blah, 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 blah. We still get the profile. Yeah, that's a really good point. So I, I think that he should get a high score. Someone say a number, though. I would say, like, maybe a 17, then. Yeah. I was thinking 17, 18, yeah. Give him an 18. I really feel like the fact that we got so much, like, I didn't even think about how much screen time we get with this guy. We get so much screen time, which we don't get. Um, character development slash character arcs. Jen brought up a really great point with Gideon, where we got to see, like, so much 
Gideon. It was like Mandy Patinkin in, in this first season, man. Like he's like stealing the show from everyone. And then we get to see Hotch be an absolute king. So I don't know. High score again, I think this this has to. I mean, it deserves it. It's like Is this yeah. episode gonna get the highest score so far? I think this episode might get the highest. This episode had me crying. It had me crying. Should we give this one a 20 is what I'm character. <laughs> yeah, let's give it a 20. Okay. Uh, what about forensic slash uh, context? We don't get a whole lot of that. No. I'd say the biggest thing is like, right. Like finding Riley's picture. Being like, oh, it has to be him. Okay, I mean, what do you guys think? Ten. All right, Abby has spoken. Um, <laughs> what about the script writing? Oh, it was great. That's why I put. That's why I like quoted so many lines, like in my recap, because I just feel like the script writing was like, like good, and um, so many lines were so important, and they like built upon each other. Yeah, yes. I, just, I think it was very good. I mean, it's not the fox, but it was pretty good. Oh my god. 19. 19. And then we're doing 20 for background characters. We're doing 20. All right, someone add it up. 87. I Maybe we should give it some more points somewhere, though. Can we, what if we give it a couple more, what if we just get it to a 90? Okay, so do you want to give 13 for forensics and context? Yeah, okay. So we'll do a 13 for forensics and context. And now it's a 90. Wow, you guys, that was a journey. Uh, um, But Jen, where can the people follow you? Oh, yes. Um, on Instagram, that's where I'm at. Feels up. All randomized content. I post a lot of episode reviews uh, and then just normal scenes. You'll see a lot of um, And you can follow us um, at Unsubs Podcast on all of the social media. And then you can also listen to my solo podcast that Matt has guested on a couple times called Between Stage and Screen. Follow me on Instagram at Between Stage and Screen Podcast and listen to that at all of your favorite podcasting services as well. And then more from the the radio network. uh, So you can also find uh, John. Yes. Um, thank you, Jen, so much for yes, coming thank on. Thank you for and... putting up with us. Oh my gosh, Jen, I feel like this was a lot. This was really fun. I've never done anything like this before, but I've always thought about it. So I'm like, let's do it.